In just a few weeks, I'm going to be turning 30 years old. This last decade has been such a crazy one filled with so many adventures, starting with getting married at 20, then having my first baby the next year, buying our first house the year after that, and since then going on to buy a couple more houses, I have four more babies, start several businesses, visit 12 countries. It's just been a really packed decade. And God has taught me so much, both through all of these different projects that I've done and also through all the challenges that I've faced, both personal and emotional challenges and then also external challenges, you know, things like tackling growing a business or buying a house. So I thought that this would be such a good opportunity, turning 30, to reflect on some of these lessons that I've learned, both to remember them and to share them with you guys. We became entrepreneurs because more than anything, we want freedom. We want to be in control of our own schedule, income, and life. But unfortunately, that isn't always the reality of being a business owner. I'm Gillian Perkins, and I'm on a mission to take back entrepreneurship for what it's supposed to be. In every episode, I'll share with you how to get the most out of every hour you work so that you can work less and earn more. Let's get to it. I've organized these different lessons into five categories, finances, physical health, emotional health, spiritual health, and relationships. And I have a few things to share with you in each of these different categories. I'm gonna start out with finances, not because it's the most important, but because back at 20 years old, it was the first thing that I really started working on and the first thing that I had some big goals for. So the first financial lesson that I want to share with you actually extends so much further than finances. It really applies to just about everything. And it is this, that if you do what everyone else is doing, you can only expect to get the results that everyone else is getting. Said another way, if you do the normal thing to do, then you can only expect normal or average results. So if you want to get results that are better than average, then you have to do something different from what everyone else is doing. And that sounds easy on paper, okay, I'll just do something different. But in reality, practically, it ends up being really uncomfortable because doing something different than what everyone else is doing means you're doing something weird and that is uncomfortable. And so here what I'm talking about is instead of just going to college and getting a nine to five job and trying to create success that way, you know, maybe doing something different like starting your own business. Next, here's the basic formula for building wealth. First, you have to somehow earn money. You have to have money to make more money. Second, you have to save that money that you earn because if you just spend it, then it'll just be gone. So you have to save it. And then third, you have to invest it to grow your money. And if you don't do any one of those three things, then you won't build wealth. If you don't earn money, then you can't save it and you can't invest it. If you don't save it, then it'll just be gone. And if you don't invest it, then it's gonna stay pretty small and never really turn into wealth. And then the third financial lesson I learned is that if you wanna build wealth, you need to buy things that make you money, not things that cost you money. So we call those things that make you money assets and the things that cost you money liabilities. So to give you a quick example, if you buy a car for your personal use, especially if you buy on payments, you're gonna have to be making those payments every month. It's costing you money, that's a liability. 
liability. But on the other hand, if you buy a property that you can rent out for profit, then every single month you're gonna be earning money from it, so that's an asset. Okay, so now let's move on to physical health. And most of what I wanna share with you centers around how to maintain your weight, how to maintain a healthy body weight, because this is something that I struggled with for quite a long time. I used to easily maintain my weight. I was just like naturally skinny, didn't matter what I ate sort of thing. And then when I had my first baby, I gained some weight and it turned into quite a struggle to try to figure out how to lose that weight and how to maintain a healthy weight and spiraled into some eating disorders. And so then I was just up and down, it was a mess. But here's what I figured out about how to easily maintain your weight. It starts with emotional health and happiness. If you are happy and content, not depressed or anxious, then it is much easier to maintain your weight. And I know that that is way easier said than done, but that is really the thing that I found made the biggest difference. When I was depressed or anxious, I would eat my feelings and that made it really, really hard to maintain my weight. So prioritizing your emotional health first. The second little secret to maintain your weight is just getting enough sleep. And the simple reason for this is when you don't get enough sleep, then your body is physically stressed. It produces more cortisol that tells your body to store more fat for emergency situations, essentially. There might be a famine coming, you know, it's stressed out. And so your body just stores away all the food that you eat as fat. So getting enough sleep, super easy way, or at least kind of easy, right? Sometimes it's a struggle to get enough sleep, but a super simple thing that makes a big difference. Another thing that makes a huge difference, I think the thing that really makes the biggest difference and the thing that has to do with actually the food you're eating is eat your vegetables. Prioritize eating your vegetables. I know you might not like them, but if you can learn to like vegetables, it makes a huge difference. And if you eat your vegetables first in each meal, not only does that really help to balance your blood sugar, which just naturally makes you store less fat away, but it also means that you are fuller, so you don't eat more less healthy food that will pack on pounds. And that leads right into the next thing, which is avoiding processed foods and avoiding packaged foods. Now, you don't have to cut out those things completely, but the more you eat real whole foods, the easier it will be for you to maintain your weight. And the more vegetables you eat, the more you'll find that that naturally just pushes out those processed and packaged foods. Another thing that makes difference is drinking plenty of water. This helps your body run well, it keeps your metabolism working properly, and it means that you are satiating your thirst with water, which has zero calories, rather than trying to eat food to satisfy that thirst you're feeling, or drink other things that have calories to satisfy your thirst. And then the last thing, at least as far as eating goes, is eating less sugar. However, for a long time I tried to make that the priority, and I found that really hard, because it was so hard to eat less sugar when I was hungry or eat less sugar when I was stressed. And so by prioritizing those other things, happiness and sleep and water and eating vegetables, it naturally made it a lot easier for me to eat less sugar. I think that eating less sugar is actually one of the main things that helps to easily maintain your body weight, but it's a really hard thing to start with. Okay, and then just a couple other quick physical health lessons I've learned. One of them is just that exercise doesn't impact your body weight very much, at least not nearly as much as what you eat does and getting enough sleep and being happy. It can help obviously to develop your muscles and to strengthen your body. And that can help you to be overall healthier and to get sick less often and things like that. But it's not really the best way to lose weight. So you really wanna prioritize your emotional health and your diet first if you wanna lose weight. And then finally, 
The easiest, most effective way to exercise, especially in a limited amount of time, is by doing kettlebell swings. I bought this adjustable weight kettlebell six, seven, or eight years ago now, and I've used it more than any other piece of exercise equipment I've ever bought. I've used it the most consistently, and by spending just a few minutes a day doing about 60 to 100 of these two-hand kettlebell swings, I find that that has the biggest impact on my strength and my physical health and my just my fitness level essentially more than any other workout that i found and it takes so little time okay so now let's move on to emotional health and i actually just have one thing to share with you here even though this is such a big and such an important topic the reason is because this one thing i'm going to share with you it is the the one thing that made a huge difference for me and i think that unless you have any sort of like brain chemistry issue your emotional health is really best supported by taking care of your physical health your spiritual health and having healthy relationships and with that foundation emotional health just falls into place but if you do have a brain chemistry issue, then it doesn't matter how perfect all of those other things are, you can still feel really depressed or anxious or struggle with other issues. And that's where I was. I felt like I was working on those other things and making improvements in all of those other things, and I was still really struggling with clinical depression and also with anxiety. And I tried a lot of different things, a lot of different supplements, different diets, some different medications, tried doing a thankfulness or a gratitude journal and different habits like that, and nothing really seemed to make a difference until I read this book called The Mood Cure, which is a book about amino acid therapy. So if you're not familiar, amino acids are the building blocks of proteins. They're what proteins are made out of. Some people naturally tend to be deficient in one of the amino acids, and it might be because they're not getting enough of it in their diet, or it might be because their body is improperly metabolizing that amino acid. So in other words, maybe it's just running through that amino acid way too quickly, metabolizing it too fast, or maybe it's metabolizing it too slow so it never really has enough of it. And those neurotransmitters are things like serotonin and dopamine. They're really important chemicals that your brain needs in order to feel calm or feel happy or feel sleepy at the right time of day. Anyway, so I read this book called The Mood Cure, and in it, it helps you to self-diagnose which of these different amino acids you might be deficient in, and then you can take them as supplements. And of course, being just parts of proteins, they're completely safe and healthy for you to take, so there's no really side effects you need to worry about. And after doing this and trying a few different amino acids, I found one that made a huge difference for me, and it is 5-HTP. It's a pretty affordable and easy to find amino acid supplement, and by taking this just once each evening, I have experienced a huge difference in my mood. It's basically completely eradicated my depression and taken care of, I'd say 90% of my anxiety, which has changed my life so much. Now, just a couple things to keep in mind if you're interested in trying this for yourself. One, 5-HTP is not gonna be the answer for everyone. I would highly recommend reading the book, The Mood Cure, and figuring out which one is right for you. And then the second thing is, it's not an instant fix. You take it and you don't feel anything right away. In fact, it normally takes me about like four to seven days before I really start feeling a difference. And even when you do feel the difference, it's so subtle and feels so natural that it's easy, and I've made this mistake over and over again, really easy to feel like it wasn't the supplement that's actually making the difference and that you just happen to feel happier. Over and over again, I've taken 5-HTP for a while and then thought, I'm fine, I don't need this anymore, stop taking it, and then crashed and burned real hard and had to go back on it. So now I just know 
I just need 5-HTP. I'm just naturally deficient in it. I don't know exactly why, but I'm really glad that I figured out that I need it because taking it makes a huge difference for my emotional health. Now let's move on to spiritual health. Now I need to preface this by sharing, I'm a Christian. And if you're not a Christian, then these things that I'm going to share, they won't really apply to you. And if you're not a Christian, then the first steps to working on your spiritual health would be to study the Bible and evaluate your relationship with God and figure out what you need to do to get right with God. And those answers can be found in the Bible. But now let's move on to the spiritual lessons that I've learned as a Christian. The first one is that trusting God is not a feeling. Trusting God means to obey God even when it doesn't seem to make sense to do so. A couple years ago, I read through an extended children's story Bible with my kids, and it was really interesting to be able to read through the entire Bible in just a few weeks and really get a great idea of the big picture, especially with the Old Testament, and I started to notice a pattern. And the pattern was that over and over and over again, God told the Israelites and sometimes other people to do things that did not make sense. He has a bigger plan in mind and if we just step forward in faith and trust him and are obedient then he is going to support us and he's going to work all things together for our goodness and for his glory. And for a long time I thought that trusting God was a feeling. I thought I needed to try really hard to trust God and believe God. But what I've come to realize is that actually I just need to step out in faith and do what God is calling me to do even if it doesn't make sense and that I don't need to worry about the feeling aspect I just need to do what he's asking me to do and that is physically trusting God the next lesson I learned which is really closely tied to the first one is that God doesn't just promise to get us through challenges when we face a challenge or a hard time or something difficult and we try to trust God we try to lean on God we try to faith that God will get us through this God promises to do so much more than that. It's not just about surviving, it is about thriving. God is putting those difficult circumstances in our life and he's putting the blessings in our life just the same to help us to grow closer to him, to help to work character in us and work perseverance in us, to grow our faith in him, to increase our trust in him, and ultimately to make us more Christ-like. Everything God puts in our lives, he puts in our lives intentionally for our goodness and for his glory. To give you an example of what I'm talking about. A few years into my marriage, my husband and I were having some marriage issues and my marriage was just really not how I wanted it to be and I saw my husband as the problem. There was a lot of things that he wasn't doing that I felt were being so problematic and so difficult to deal with. And I kept praying for God to solve the problem, for God to essentially fix my husband. And we'd go to marriage counseling and try to figure out how to fix these issues and I wanted the marriage counseling to somehow fix my husband and make the problems go away. But what I finally realized after several years was that God didn't need to fix the problem. God had put that problem in my life on purpose to lead me to trust him more because I wasn't trusting him. I was trying to find fulfillment and satisfaction in my husband, and but really that could only be found in Christ. And I needed to learn that lesson. And once I finally did learn that lesson, or at least learn it in part, I'm sure I'm still working on it, but learn it in part, that was when things really started to get better in my marriage, when I stopped looking to my husband to give me happiness here on earth and I started looking for happiness in God, fulfillment in God, and storing up treasures in heaven as it says in the Bible. 
Okay, so now let's move on to relationships. And I'm gonna start with a marriage-related thing since that's what I was just talking about, and then I'll move on to a couple friendship-type things. So marriage thing, marriage, the thing that makes marriage so special and so different from pretty much any other relationship we have here on earth is the commitment. When two people are 100% committed to each other, that allows both people to be completely all in, to completely trust each other, to completely be themselves around each other, to not hold anything back, to not be shy about anything. And that is what makes the marriage relationship so beautiful and so special. And if both people are not 100% all in, then what you're left with is a shadow of the glorious relationship that you could have. And I think that so many people, especially these days, they get married and they are promising to stay with the other person forever unless XYZ, um, or probably forever, or as long as they can deal with it or something like that. And that sets their marriage up for failure from the start because they are not 100% committed. They're not committed forever. And I say other people, but the reason I'm listing this as a lesson I've learned in my 20s is because that was something I had to overcome myself when I got married. I planned for it to be forever, but then in the messy middle, things got really difficult and I felt like I wanted a way out. And I realized eventually that it wasn't gonna work unless I was 100% committed forever, no matter what. Okay, and then the last lesson I wanted to share with you today, lesson I've learned in my 20s, is about friendship. And so here's the story. Earlier on in my 20s, I was pretty insecure. I wanted to have more friends, but I felt like I wasn't cool or interesting enough for people to want to be friends with me. And I felt like that was proved by how people acted toward me. Like people didn't approach me or didn't talk to me. People didn't try to be friends with me for the most part. Of course, some people did. And I'm so grateful and appreciative to those people who did reach out to me and who pursued a relationship with me. But here's what I've learned. Most people feel that way. Most people feel like maybe they're not cool or interesting enough for other people to want to be friends with them. And most people sit around and wait for other people to come and be friends with them. Most people sit around and wait for people to reach out to them and to talk to them, to initiate the friendship. So one of the nicest things you can do for others and the thing you need to do if you wanna have more friends is stop waiting for people to take the initiative and instead reach out and take the initiative yourself. Introduce yourself to new people and then follow up with them and actually pursue having a friendship with them. And I know it might feel awkward and might feel uncomfortable and it might even feel like they're not reciprocating or they're not interested and you can quickly go back to feeling like I'm not cool enough I'm not interesting enough but really they're probably just shy and they're probably not sure quite how to respond most people want to have more friends they want to have better deeper friendships but it's just one of those things where you have to step out in faith and you have to act confident even if you don't feel confident and of course be yourself but push yourself a little bit outside of your comfort zone it is not only a great way to increase your number of friends and develop good friendships, but it also is such a wonderful way to love people by showing them love, showing them care, showing them that you are interested in them and interested in getting to know them. Well, there you have it. These are some lessons that I've learned in my 20s. Thank you so much for being a part of my 20s. I love getting to share things with you here. Normally, I talk about business and marketing, but I think sometimes it's nice to break it up and share some personal lessons that I've learned or give you some insights into my personal life. So I appreciate you and your patience with me as I share these different things. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode and I'll be back again next week, same time, same place. So I'll talk to you then. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Work Less, Earn More. Now, here's what I want you to do next. Take a screenshot of this episode you're listening to right now and share it out on your Instagram stories. And when you do, make sure you tag me at Gillian Z Perkins so I can see you're listening. Sharing on stories is going to help more people find this podcast so they too can learn how to build their business in a way that allows them to work less and earn more. And if you really love the show, head over to Apple Podcasts right now and leave Work Less, Earn More a review to give it a boost and help even more people find it. Okay, let's wrap this up. I'm Gillian Perkins, and until next week, stay focused and take action. Oh,